We'd like to welcome you to a current event and weekly Bible study for June 21st, 2014. And um, today we're going to be covering some uh, health topics and issues. Um, the first one that we're going to get into is the whole subject of these e-cigs or these e-cigarettes and then also talking about this synthetic pot that are surging among the youth. So, so much of what Satan is trying to do nowadays is targeting the youth. And as we've stated many times, the, the younger Satan can get his hooks into someone, the better for him. Uh, the earlier you can get a child defiled, whether it's through vaccines that are cultured off literal aborted babies or diseased green Reese's monkey kidneys or with all of the garbage they're putting in and, and, and Lord even knows what's, <laughs> what's in them. Um, all types of foreign DNA. Uh, the chemtrails, the additives in the foods. These are physical ways. And then this is another physical way. These e-cigs and things like synthetic pot where they're marketing them like you know, bubblegum flavor and stuff like this that we're going to talk about. So, uh, this report reads, The gradual demise of traditional cigarettes has sparked some new health concerns related to the rising popularity of electronic cigarettes, as well as the new designer drugs like synthetic cannabis, which is cannabis being a marijuana or pot. Designer drugs are synthetic analogs of illegal or prohibited drugs devised to circumvent drug laws. This came up too, uh, not too long ago with the whole bath salts issue, where you had all of these different, I don't know, flavors and stuff, or whatever they were marketing as, them as, like bath salts, I guess, and, and um, they would tweak the formulation ever so slightly so that it was legal to sell. They're doing the same thing in this, particularly with the synthetic pot, which we'll talk about a little bit later. The dangers of e-cigs may not be as obvious as those of traditional um, uh, cigarettes. But according to CDC, accidental poisonings are soaring. Most notably among small children, more than half the poisonings have been occurring in children age 5 and younger. Um, e-cigs may be even more toxic than traditional cigarettes. In fact, under circumstances, they can be downright deadly. The e-cig liquid is absorbed into your system much more quickly than tobacco smoke, even after it's been diluted. For children to be poisoned by a traditional cigarette, they must eat one, which is probably not going to happen because it's not exactly a tasty treat the whole family can enjoy. But for e-cigs, all it takes is just touching the liquid. As the chemicals are readily absorbed through the skin and even their eyes, the toxic effects of synthetic cannabis are also proving deadly. One of the reasons e-cigarettes and synthetic cannabis are causing so many poisonings is that they are unnatural, synth synthesized in a lab, and loaded with heavy metals, solvents, and a hodgepodge of toxic chemicals. Again, as I keep saying over and over, all of this is by design to kill, defile, destroy, just what Satan's agenda is with, with all of these types of things. So... Uh, th this is no accident. This is happening. There's no end to the potentially deadly combinations of lab laboratory fabricated chemicals in the synthetic marijuana as well. Various versions are being imported mostly from Asia under the guise of potpourri, herbal incense, and even plant food. I mean, it's such a satanic scam. 
There are so many versions that the USDA Department of Agriculture can't even keep up with them. Every time one chemical is banned, the, quote, cooks just substitute another, none of which has been safety tested, of course. Many are causing severe, disabling, and even fatal reactions. Teens are freely unrestricted in purchasing these designer drugs from the convenience stores and gas stations. Again, this is a this is exactly what Satan wants. Access to deadly things for children at the earliest possible age. Designer drug makers care nothing about safety. They're simply capitalizing on your teen's curiosity about getting high, compounded by his natural feelings of invincibility, and why should these drug pushers even care? Because they have no liability. Instead of lighting up, e-cigarettes work by a mechanism that heats up a liquid typically containing nicotine, flavoring agents, and solvents, which turns into a vapor you inhale and then exhale. This is called vaping. In, in spite of, um, uh, I, I like the one commercial I heard, I think it was on Alex Jones, wherever, be a vapriot, like a patriot, but now you're a vapriot, you know, because you've, you've kicked the whole tobacco thing, and now you're a vapriot, you know. Maybe you could wear one of those Paul Revere hats while you're e-cigging. A- anyway, um, in spite of the industry's claim that the e-cigarette vapors are harmless, testing has revealed toxic metal nanoparticles in the aerosols. And nanoparticles are a big thing, common thing you're seeing now with um, a lot of different products. And I believe this whole gets into the whole thing about injectable nanorobots and things of this nature. These are things that, you know, we really don't know the ramifications of long term. I try to stay away from anything that says, oh, it's better because it has nanoparticles, like the nano-silver that they've got now. Like, smaller is obviously better, when the reality is, is you can get so small that it doesn't even work. I mean, it's it's like, where, do, where does that logic ever end? You know, do we need to go to the atomic level, or maybe a quark, or some type of, you know, nanoparticle, a electron, proton, or neutron, or some type of, you know, I mean, anyway. So... Um, one of the problems unique to the e-cigarettes is how easy it is for anyone to smoke them. And in the process, it expose you to secondhand fumes. In most offices, you can just vape away at your desk. No need to trek outside of the nearest smoking area, which I think also, I've been around a lot of smokers in my life, pot smokers and, and uh, cigarette smokers. Pot smokers, before in, in my before my was saved days, my roommates were, Two, I had two roommates, and they were both big time. My parents, big time, with the whole pot thing. My dad smoked cigarettes mm, up until I think I was about 8th grade. I, I can remember he picked me up one day, and he was smoking a cigarette. He said, you see this cigarette? And I said, yeah. He said, this is the last cigarette I'll ever smoke in my life. And he, and he literally, it was. I mean, so I was like, wow, that was... That was amazing, because the guy had smoked for over 20 years. He just, he was just done. Um, And then he became, like, the worst. If you ever went to a restaurant with him, this is before they, I think, banned smoking in all restaurants. And he was, like, the worst when it came to, like, smelling, smoking. Oh, like, you know, heaven forbid if somebody came in with a cigar. (laughs) My dad would go crazy. Anyway, um... Yeah, so I've been around a lot of people. I've never, uh, particularly with cigarettes or whatever, um, 
all, I mean, every time I ever tried them way, way in the past, all I ever did is make me cough, and I hated it, and tried the, tried the other, I've told that on, on many occasions when I was younger with, uh, with a pot, but, um, I, I'm like, why do I want to really do something that's going to make me tired? And that's all I ever did. I'm, I'm like, I battle enough with my energy levels. Why do I need something that's going to make me tired all the time, you know? And then there's the obvious huge demonic component. Now, I've done a whole teaching on this with marijuana and how occultists view marijuana, and they'll use it in ceremonies and, and even tobacco. And there are spirits associated with marijuana and tobacco, and they're very powerful. They're not garden variety, you know. Um, so you might want to avail yourself to that pot or marijuana, key it into the keyword search box. This is a whole other subject. Um, so... With smokers, uh, what I've noticed is if they're, at least this is the way it used to be, it probably still is to a certain extent. If you're working in an office environment together and there's 10 people there and there's three people that are smokers, they will typically tend to flock together because they have that smoking addiction devil in common. And I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And they will, you know, they like to go out there together and, and they'll go outside. It doesn't matter, like I, when I was in Southwest Florida, and uh, as a doctor seeing patients, and they would go out there. It didn't matter if it was 100 degrees out and, and you know, you know, 90% humidity. <laughs> it didn't matter. They'd go out there, and they'd be out there puffing away, and and um, uh, just, you know, ugh, I just never liked it. Uh, I'm not judging. I'm just, I just never liked it. And then the smell it left behind, and then the ashes, and it was dirty, and it was ugh, what it did to your teeth. All that fun stuff. Um, I think, though, with these e-cigs, there's not going to be that stigma near as much with these because it's just water vapor, right? We're going to see that's not actually the case. You're not going to really stain your teeth. I don't think it's going to give you bad smoker's breath and bad smoker's teeth. It's not, it's not going to do any of that stuff. Um, the smell issue is kind of gone, uh, the smoke issue is gone. So I think that this is, from a satanic standpoint, this is a clever, subtle satanic ploy to get a whole other um, cross-section of people that would have never, ever smoked tobacco products. And then the way that they're marketing them to the young people. And that has, in recent years... If you look at the way tobacco is advertised, when it was first advertised back in the whenever, when they when the ad campaign started in earnest, um, there was a lot, I mean it was like Vogue and all the stuff to smoke. Then they had they had ads saying this is that like an, an MD smoking a cigarette saying yes I only smoke Winston's because they make me really healthy you know stuff like that. And then they had to stop doing that. And then eventually and eventually, and then there's people getting cancer, suing, and all of the stuff coming out. They had to kind of stop that stuff. There were a lot more, um, I think, younger people that were attracted to it back then. So this is the new, modern-day, satanic way to suck in the youth doing it in this particular way. Something that's more palatable. Than, than a yucky old cigarette that produces ashes and smoke and stains your teeth and stains your clothes and all of this stuff, you know. You don't have to worry about any of that with this. Um, so I can see how it would be more appealing uh, to a young person and stuff. Uh, 
anyway, so some people are vaping at work all day long. If the fumes were truly only water vapor, as the manufacturers would have you believe, then this wouldn't be an issue, but they aren't just water vapor. I mean, if they're water vapor, how are you getting the whatever nicotine effect and whatever else it's doing to you, you know? Just to, I look cool with my water vapor uh, cigarette. No, it's not the case. Uh, according to Tim McAfee of the Centers for Disease Control, he said, quote, we just don't know what's in them. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, way to do your job. And we don't know how much of what's in them would get into the environment. But that's the assumption. But the assumption would be that it would. Well, that was a profound statement uh, by the CDC. Anyway, then it goes on to say, E-cig vapor has been shown to contain tin, copper, nickel, and silver silicate beads. In, In some cases... The levels are greater than what you might be exposed to from smoking a conventional cigarette. Now, remember, there's different forms of different metals, okay? There's there's bad forms of, like, calcium, and then there's good forms. So even if it says something like silver's in there, that's not a good thing, um, particularly in the form that it would be in. Um, then you got copper, nickel, and tin as well. So, breathing metal nanoparticles has additional risks because they can more easily enter into your bloodstream and body tissues because they're so incredibly small in penetration. As their microscopic size allows them to better evade your body's natural defenses. They also carry the potential for harming your developing uh, baby um, in the womb or newborn baby. According to Americans for Non-Smokers Rights, secondhand e-cigarette aerosol contains at least 10 chemicals. Now this is secondhand smoke, okay? Um, contains at least 10 chemicals identified on California's Proposition 65 list of carcinogens, cancer-causing. 10 of them are cancer-causing. And this is just the, this is just the um, uh, second-hand e-cig smoke. And also these are reproductive toxins listed in the table below. And you can see it on the PDF for uh, June 21st, 2014 at contendingfortruth.com. FDA scientists have also found measurable amounts of propylene glycol, ah, the active ingredient in antifreeze, and diethylene glycol, and carcinogenic tobacco-specific nitrosamines. So these other chemicals that have been found in the secondhand smoke that are carcinogens and reproductive toxins are acetylaldehyde, benzene, cadmium, formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with, isoprene, lead, which is obviously toxic, nickel, nicotine, N-nitrosonornacine, I don't I'm sorry, that's a big one, and toluene, uh, like paint remover. So hey, what's this I like about a little secondhand paint remover? Just one teaspoon of e-cigarette fluid may be enough to kill your child. Just one teaspoon. The toxicity of e-vapors pale in comparison to the toxicity of the cartridge liquid. Um, in other words, the vapors are obviously just in a vapor form. They're diluted. But then, let's think about the cartridge whereby which the vapor is being derived from. So I guess they have these cartridges in there. And this is a liquid cartridge. One teaspoon of this e-cig cartridge fluid 
may be enough to kill your child, which contains highly concentrated liquid nicotine in a, co- in, a, in a cocktail of flavorings, colorings, and solvents proven to be neurotoxic. Tiny amounts, whether ingested orally or absorbed through the skin, can cause vomiting, seizures, or just death, or even death. Just one teaspoon of even highly diluted e-cigarette liquid can kill a small child. Dr. Richard Clark, toxology professor and medical director of California Poison Control System, calls nicotine, quote, probably the most toxic plant chemical ever discovered. Uh, yet, believe it or not, you can freely buy the stimulant, buy the vial, gallon, or even buy the barrel, which is how I like to buy it. I mean, I, I have to be honest. Anyway, one estimate is that between 1 and 2 million liters of e-fluid will be sold in the U.S. this year. Uh, according to the New York Times, reports of accidental poisonings, notably among children, are soaring. Nationwide, the number of poisoning cases linked to e-liquids jumped to 1,351 in 2013, which was a 300% increase from 2012. And the number is on pace to double this year. According to, uh, let's see, according to information from the National Poison Data System, of the 2013 cases, 365 were referred to hospitals, which is triple the previous year's number. So obviously this is getting worse. The nicotine levels in e-liquids vary, according to Dr. Cantrell from the California Poison Control. Most range between 1.8 and 2.4%. Concentrations that can cause sickness but rarely death in children, but higher concentrations, like 10% or even 7.2, are widely available on the internet. In other words, for for those people that really want to get that nicotine you know, high going on or whatever it is, um, I've never experienced that, so I really don't know what it is. Anyway, at those levels, a lethal dose for an adult would be less than one tablespoon. Less than one for an adult. So this stuff is really dangerous stuff. <clears throat> Many of the chemicals in e-cigarettes are known to cause respiratory dis- distress and disease. Indeed, this is what many people who have inhaled e-cig vapors are reporting. Trouble breathing cough, sore throat, chest pain, and allergic reactions such as itchiness and swelling of the lips. Chest pain and cardiovascular problems have also been reported. One person described an electronic cigarette blowing up in her mouth. That's always fun. You know, kind of an added bonus. You never know when the thing's going to blow up in your mouth. Uh, And other users had similar complaints about devices overheating. One individual complained the e-cig turned her taste buds black, which, aesthetically, it's probably not too pleasing. But you never know. I mean, if she's goth, you know, it might work. Anyway, e-cigs are now a $2 billion a year per year industry. According, Wow, $2 billion. Man. According to the CDC data, e-cig use doubled among U.S. middle and high school students between 2011 and 2012. Middle school. One in five non-smoking high school students is potentially becoming addicted to nicotine through e-cigarettes. And again, this is a gateway. This is a gateway maybe to regular cigarettes, which, I mean, I honestly think these are worse, it sounds like, which is also then another gateway into what other thing you want to smoke. Like, you know, marijuana, or this synthetic marijuana, or whatever. So, let's go further here. Um... So one in five non-smoking high school students is potentially becoming addicted to nicotine through e-cigarettes. See, this is a this is a satanic gateway 
product here to get you hooked on this garbage and onto drugs in general. Because uh, that's what we're dealing with, really. Unlike nicotine gums and patches, e-cigs <clears throat> and their ingredients are not regulated. There are no warning labels or age restrictions. I, I can't... That That's almost incomprehensible. I didn't even know that. There are no warnings or label or age restrictions? The Food and Drug Administration has been slow to impose regulations, but on April 24th, 2014, they finally announced a move in this direction. See, they're going to drag their feet on anything like this because they want to make sure as many kids as possible are addicted and on their way, you know, one uh, on their way to the grave. Uh, because ultimately, you know, obviously you do the statistics on smoking and people that start at a young age, if they continue to do that, they're going to, you're cutting a lot of time off your life. If finalized, these FDA restrictions, which it's unbelievable, you know, they'll go after somebody selling raw milk or, or some little infinitesimal thing going wrong with whatever in the natural health field. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, sky's the limit, you can do whatever you want. If finalized, the rule would impose the following restrictions. Banning the sale of e-cigs to minors. Which, to me, I cannot believe they haven't already done this. Prohibiting distribution of free samples, banning e-cigs and vending machines, except in places that never admit... I mean, vending machines? Really? Requiring e-cigs to carry warning labels about nicotine. Requiring e-cig manufacturers to disclose ingredients in their products. Fortunately, with the FDA dragging its feet, escalating adverse reactions have led many local boards... Universities, business, businesses, and state governments to begin taking steps to protect the public from the dangers of e-cigarettes. So, it says here some countries have banned e-cigs entirely, including Australia, Canada, Israel, and Mexico. Those are some pretty big places. They've evidently figured out that these things are death, and they've banned them entirely. But the marketing of e-cigarettes is an issue of its own. Reminiscent of tobacco's early years, e-cig marketers are making vaping look cool and glamorous. Even sophisticated. Hmm. I always wanted to look sophisticated. Anyway, the rising popularity with teens is creating a whole new source of nicotine addiction, in addition to the other health hazards already mentioned. Yet manufacturers deny that they are marketing to children. Oh, I love that, yeah. What, us? We're not doing that. We're not. Are we seriously supposed to believe that the e-cig manufacturers are not targeting children with flavors like bubblegum, cherry blast, and gummy bear? No, we're, we're marketing to the elderly with, these, with this ploy. We think the elderly will like the bubblegum, cherry blast, and gummy bear flavors. The, it'll, it'll hold no attraction to the, little, to the little children at all. And you wonder why, you know, all these kids are getting poisoned, you know? You got mommy and daddy bringing home gummy bear. Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, what's this, you know, when they're gone and then they take the cartridge and drink the cartridge and then they're dead or poisoned or whatever. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you're just dealing with devils here. The proposed FDA restrictions do nothing to restrict how e-cigs are marketed uh, or banning flavors that attract young people, like bees to honey. In spite of the health risks supported uh, reported by both the CDC and ER docs who have picked up the pieces, the American Council of Science and Health, 
or the ACSH, remains an enthusiastic supporter of smokeless tobacco products, calling the risks exaggerated by the mainstream media and irresponsible, harmful, and even malicious. So what I'm doing is a malicious thing today. I just want everyone to know that. I've, I've entered into the malicious zone. Uh, however, please note that the ACSH is an agenda-driven PR firm disguised as a science organization. Of course. Heavily funded by the industry. Of course. It's like they're paid by them to do this very thing, to create all of this lies and disinformation, and to demonize anyone that would dare say anything against them. Um, the vaccine industrialist, Paul Ofit, is, the, is its board of trustee. So here we got a double devil. Vaccine industrialist Paul Ofit is the, is the board trustee of this American Council of Health and Science, which is basically the agenda-driven PR firm for the whole vaping thing. So I'm sure he has no... I, I'm sure his motivations are pure as the driven snow, and, and he has no hidden agenda. How could we ever possibly say such a thing? So, then we have the synthetic marijuana, which we'll get into that now, otherwise known as Spice, Black Mamba, K2, Mojo, or White Widow. How catchy, how catchy, catchy titles there. These are the street names for the synthetic cannabis or the synthetic marijuana or fake pot. Vir- I mean, I knew nothing about this. I, this is like, new to me. Virtually unheard of five years ago, but now sold widely in stores with little fear of prosecution. You can sell this stuff in stores. Introduced in 2009, the synthetic version of cannabis bears little resemblance to regular marijuana and has dramatically different reactions on your body. It is manufactured to produce a high similar to marijuana, but instead of a high, people are finding themselves on a bad trip to the ICU permanently brain damaged, or even dead. According to a recent Time Magazine feature, synthetic marijuana is now the second most popular drug among teens and young adults. That's a pretty huge statement that I just said. Synthetic marijuana is the second most popular drug among teens and young adults, behind only marijuana itself. And you can get this at a convenience store? You can't get marijuana everywhere. I mean, I mean, even in the states where it's legal. Usually those are... I don't think you can get it at like convenience stores there. I think you have to go to, to designated places that sell it. Even, even today's day and age. I may be wrong, but... This you can get a, you know, uh, at a uh, convenience store. Most people don't realize how dangerous synthetic marijuana can be. The synthetic powder is mixed in a lab and shipped to the U.S., where retailers spray onto it, onto a leaf, often an herb or a spice, that can be smoked. So, it's a synthetic powder mixed in a lab, shipped to the U.S., and then this, I guess they probably liquefy the synthetic powder, or spray it some way onto a leaf or an herb or spice, that's then smoked. Just like pot, it binds to the cannabis receptors in your body up to 1,000 times more strongly than real marijuana. Only 1,000 times? Why not 2,000? I mean, 1,000 is kind of weak, don't you think? I mean, come on. 
as well as producing gripping effects on the serotonin and other receptors in your brain. You really can't overdose on real pot, but you can overdose on synthetic versions, and it doesn't take very much. This is unbelievable. In recent weeks, more than 100 people were treated in Louisiana emergency rooms after smoking synthetic cannabis products, many suffering from life-threatening reactions, so many that the state of Louisiana recently banned the sale and use of eight of them. Colorado has experienced similar escalation in ER visits. The following table lists some of the frightening reactions to synthetic marijuana that emergency rooms and poison control centers are reporting. Seizures, hallucinations. Oh, really? So now we've actually getting into the opening up the old third eye, you know? Like what we were talking about in, the, in recent teachings with these uh, Prozac and these other mind-altering psychotropic meds. Yeah, hallucinations, vomiting, psychosis, extreme anxiety, Permanent brain damage. That's probably, that's kind of a neat one there. Permanent brain damage. Uh, su- suicidality, meaning increased suicide risk. Severe kidney damage. Reduced blood flow to the heart. Tachycardia, which means high heart rate. Heart attack. Sudden cardiac arrest. Basically around the same thing there. Stroke and delirium. So, I just wanted to touch on that as well uh, regarding the other um, so we, I'll have a dedicated teaching here. It's not a very exhaustive one, but it is one that if you know somebody that's into this stuff or into this garbage, you can point them to or even point them to the PDF for this particular teaching, and then they can kind of avail themselves to that information. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two next. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-4-F-O-R-Truth-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.